across from me, Steve. What's going on, man? Hey, it's uh, July 4th, Independence Day. Kind of a great day. So. It is. Yeah, and we're uh, we're here in the new studio, podcasting, a.k.a. my spare bedroom in my house. Not bad. <laughs> so we got that all set up nice and neat. Um, before we get started, I want to give a uh, shout-out to Mission Aware. Mission Aware has been um, sponsoring us for well over a year now, and so excited that we finally have our collabs page up with them, ready to go, so you can go on and get special TGT11 um apparel uh there are t-shirts up there long sleeve shirts you can also get moleskin journals beer mugs the beer mugs are great i had my younger brothers over here and no i did not serve them beer in those mugs so don't worry (laughs) um but had them over here over the weekend and you know we were giving them water and you know we use our beer mugs to you know serve whatever in them and uh my brother just kept looking at it these go to 11 these go to 11 i like that that's cool Uh, (laughs) um yes Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, he has no idea what it means or what I do with it, but <laughs> he was just like, I really it like that. cool, huh? Yeah. How, how young is this brother? Um, this brother was 13. All right. So, yeah, this is my um, – so this is actually um, Joy's brother. Um, mm-hmm. There are seven uh, children total in her family, so the, the oldest set um, – you know, and then the younger set. So the mm-hmm. oldest of the younger set is 17 mm-hmm. and then 13 is the youngest. Mm-hmm. So. so speaking of mission aware, yeah, I, I guess I'm a little slow here, but uh, just yesterday for the first time ever, uh-huh. I, I went to their site and looked at what they have and what's going Did on you? and so on. And wow, there are some cool shirts. Isn't it? It's not including like, the, these go to 11 yeah, shirts. It's, it's awesome. It, I want one. It's not like the cheesy, you know, Christian no, t-shirts you used to see nice back in the day. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I want to I want to preach once on the end of these go to eleven one. Nice. Yeah, that is great. Uh-huh. That is great. Yeah, I have the um, I have the shirt, and I, I've mentioned this before, but it's a long sleeve t shirt. Um, it has uh, post ten and from Lux. The uh, I love that. After Dark I want that shirt yeah. too. Yeah. And what's great is you can customize these shirts, so you can have yes. the signia on the front, and then on the back I have whatever you want on the back. I think on the back of mine, it's it's the first or second Peter one, but um, we have been called out of darkness into this marvelous light. Yes. Um, so so. so it fits. So, so there's one. I don't know if this is the one you have. Mm-hmm. The post Tenebras Lux. There's a, a skeleton yes. holding a Coleman lantern. Yes. Like we're coming out of the dark ages here yes. with the gospel. I love Isn't that. Isn't that one. a great one? I want that yeah. one, man. I want to wear it to my gym. Yeah. And guys who ask me, you know, what the heck is that? And I could tell them. Yes. It'd be yeah. great. I wore it um, on the last day that uh, we had uh, school, um, and so you know mm. it's Christian school, which is you know which uh-huh. is great. But I had a lot of teachers asking me about that. And, ah. um, it's an Assemblies of God um, church and school, you know, attached to one another. And so you know the the motto of the Reformation um, isn't necessarily you know <laughs> thought of and taught there. So it was really neat to. You know, for them to look at that and be like, that that's kind of cool, mm. but, you know, not quite sure about the skull. And, and I was like, well, this yeah. is, you know, this is the meaning and this is, you know, what it is. And they're like, oh, that's so great. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, a little off topic of Independence Day, but sure. speaking of the skull thing, I looked at that shirt and I thought, man, can I wear that to my church? Because here's, here's this funny story. Uh-huh. We have a guy at our church. He rides a Harley. He's, you know, he's a dude. Um but our drummer one day, the other drummer, I'm a drummer too, the other drummer wore a shirt. It was a Christian shirt, you know, Christian stuff yeah. on it. But it had a big couple big skulls on it as well. Yeah. And he was back there drumming in his skull shirt. And this guy came to me, this other guy came to me, the Harley dude, after church and said, you know, I'm, I'm really troubled, man. He has skulls on his shirt. I said, yeah, you know, what, what, what's the deal? What? He said, well, you know, that's like. That's like death. That's like the underworld. That's like bad things. And I told him, no, man, no, no, that's a Christian shirt, yeah. you know? And, and um, then I, I told him, I have some skulls tattooed on my left shoulder. So <laughs> it's all right, brother. Well, what I find interesting is people who, you know, typically would, would, you know, scratch their head and balk at like the skulls and the death and stuff, don't think twice about wearing a cross. Ah, oh, you know, the emblem of death. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, and so point. it's it's interesting just the social context in which, you know, we we take things or things get interpreted and and misconstrued and even you know imprinted into various uh, subjects and topics or symbols. You yes. know, I remember um, I remember uh, when I when I taught Bible, I had students who were asking me a lot about, you know, Christian symbols and things like that. And, you know, one of the things that we got into, this was around Christmas time, was people saying Xmas uh-huh. and um, people just having a real issue with that. And mm. I just kind of laughed and I was like, you know, guys, 
at the end of the day, as Christians, we don't need to take offense. We don't need to take issue with, with anything. You know, We have the freedom to just follow and worship Christ. But then I gave him a history lesson because the, the origin of that X in Christmas or Xmas, actually that X is a symbol for Christ. Just yeah. like when you see a little fish mm-hmm. on somebody's car, you would assume, oh, that's the Jesus fish. Yep. Um, and that, that X actually stands for Christ. It goes all the way back to um, the, um, I believe it's the Ottoman Empire under Constantinople, when he had the vision of <laughs> you know Christ coming to him and saying, conquer in my name. And it was the... Um, it was the the XP. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that symbol, mm-hmm. but that X actually was a symbol for Christ. And the Germans, um, over you know centuries later, um, took that and inserted it into their writings. So instead of writing out the word Christ, they would just write the little X. Mm-hmm. And they knew that when they were reading a document or a piece of paper that that was Christ. Shorthand for Christ. Yeah. There's more to that. Actually, the Greek word for Christ, Christos, starts with a Greek letter that looks just like an X. Mm. So it's really like it very legit even, shorthand yeah. for Christ. Yeah. And so, you know, I used to tell my students, it's like, guys, you don't need to be offended. You yeah. know, this is, you know, we as Christians over the years get offended over so many things, don't we? Um, yeah. <laughs> Plus, it just takes so long to write Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Xmas is a lot right. easier. I do yeah. it all the time. Yeah. And, and you know, there's no there's no offense. There's no taking Christ out of Christmas. You're just putting the shorthand in. And it's amazing when, you know, you teach someone like that and kind of, you know, enlighten them on that. And they're like, oh, okay. So it's not really as bad it's as not people really say. so bad. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back to beating my drum on one of my favorite themes. Hey, yeah, stick to scripture. What's in yeah. scripture? Does scripture tell you it's wrong to abbreviate the yeah. name of Christ? Is, you know, is this a problem? No, you're just making up weird things here. I know. Relax. I know. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because you go to, uh, you know, missionaries mm-hmm. who are in, you know, these countries where Christ is not allowed to be preached. They're mm. constantly writing code and, mm. you know, and, and inserting things and doing things so that their correspondences, whether it be email or letters or whatever, if those get apprehended, they don't have to worry about getting in trouble for anything. Yeah, pretty you cool. You know, and so um, I was listening, I, I believe it was, um, it was two Sundays ago, I was listening to Ravi Zacharias and he was talking about how he was invited to the National Day of Prayer. And he was told that he was not allowed to say in the name of Jesus at the end of his prayer. And so, you know, he, he was basically, you know, he was under the impression that, you know, this is like, this is under major scrutiny. If this happens, you know, this is going to be the last one that Hmm. will ever take place. And so he talks about how he was just very cleverly, you know, praying. And, um, I think one of the things he started off with was, you know, our great heavenly father or something like that. He said, and in no other religion is God referred to as a heavenly father. <laughs> you know? and, so, and then at the end of He's it, you so know, smart, he closed, man. he closed his prayer, but he took so much backlash Did he really? over that, over that, over, over not that. And, yeah. and over and at the end of it, not saying in Jesus name. Yeah. And, you know, he had people, uh, saying, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, he's been such an influence. I'm so sorry that, you know, he's walked away from the faith and all this stuff. And he, um, you know, he had a radio uh, program call him up, one of the radio stations saying, you know, we've got some major concerns and problems, you know. Oh, we're you're kidding me. Take you off the air. And he was just like, look, <sighs> I am the most conservative person you will. <laughs> he said, you know, you, you throw you out a test. About? And we'll take a test and I'll prove to you I'm more conservative than you are. Hmm. He said, you know, I go into countries all the time where if I don't avoid certain key words and key phrases, I'm going to get kicked out of that country. He said, what's more important that I'm able to go in and preach the gospel or that I use, you know, this word, this name, these things, you know. He said, you know, what did Paul say? For the sake of the gospel, I have become all things to all people. Works. Um, you know, and, and you cannot doubt or deny the impact that that man has had on the world oh, phenomenal. for his, for his yeah. belief in Christ. Yeah. You know, and his closing remark was, you know, can we just get off each other's back and focus on Christ and focus on the gospel? <laughs> the dumb stuff twi- Christians get twisted up about. I huh? know. Yeah. Hey, a, a little bit more on... Um, you know, abbreviating names, yeah. you know, the Hebrews wouldn't write out, uh, or they wouldn't pronounce rather, they, they would write out the uh, 
consonants for Yahweh, yod heh vav heh um, or as it's sometimes called now, Jehovah. By the way, comment on that. Mm-hmm. Um, where does the word Jehovah come from? There actually is no word in the Bible for Jehovah. There is yod heh vav heh Yahweh, but they wouldn't pronounce that. Mm-hmm. So when the Masoretes added vowel points to the Hebrew language, Hebrew language uh, had no vowels. Yeah. But the Masoretes were concerned, hey, people might forget how to pronounce Hebrew. Let's create a vowel system, little dots and X's and things, yep. and uh, let's add it, let's superimpose it on the entire Hebrew text. So they did. But when they came to yod heh vav heh they didn't put vowels that would read Yahweh, they, out of respect for not pronouncing that name, out of right. respect for that name, they instead put in the vowels for uh, Adonai. Oh, Lord. interesting. So what happens is, if you read yod heh vav heh the Tetragrammaton, the four right. great letters, with the vowels from Adonai, guess what word it creates? Jehovah. Jehovah. Wow. That's where Jehovah's Witnesses get the name. You know, where Jehovah, that's where we get the name Jehovah. Jehovah's right. Witnesses have a religion that's based on a name that doesn't exist yeah. in the Bible. It's kind wow. of interesting. Yeah. But um, we have a Hebrew Christian guy in our church. He's a really fascinating guy. Mm-hmm. And whenever he writes me and he uses God's name, he puts G-D. Oh, wow. He's doing like his Hebrew thing. Like, we don't pronounce that name. I'm not writing out that name. So I always get a kick out of that. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Let the guy abbreviate it. It's out of respect for the name of God. You know, come on. Well, and the thing, too, is – and we're going to talk about this um, in our next podcast. We'll probably talk about it a little bit in this one because, you know, I've had several conversations with people over the past several months, um, offline, phone calls, emails, things like that, um, just about – you know, the different topics, you know, anything and everything, different topics. And the, I think the main battle cry of this podcast, if I had to nail it down is not binding people's conscience. Oh man, I like that. Just liberty in Christ. Yeah. Let people be free to develop their relationship in Christ. You know, the, the example that I give is I have a very good friend of mine who watches game of Thrones and there is, there is, no more topic that is debated on the internet than Game of Thrones. You know, Christians <laughs> saying, oh, if you watch that, you can't possibly be a Christian. You're watching <laughs> pornography, blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. And, and I have a friend who watches it. And I, you know, I just kind of went to him as a brother. And I, and I would not watch that. We've talked about this before on this podcast. I would not watch it. My background with um, pornography and lust is just mm. such that I want to avoid that show altogether. But... Um, I also would would fight to the death to defend my brother's right to watch it mm-hmm. because I believe he has the freedom. And I, and I talked to him about it just as a brother, close friend. I was like, hey, you know, um, what is it that you're, you know, I mean, just out of curiosity, how are you able to watch it? You know, does it bother your conscience? You know, all that stuff. And he just looked at me and said, you know what? Yeah, I, I struggle with lust. I have I have issues with that. But the overt sexual tones of that show aren't what tripped me up yeah it's not titillating yeah he's like for me it's the seduction it's the you know the striptease or this Mm. or that you know for me and he's like most of the time i'm not interested in it It, it's Mm. you know i'm either fast forwarding right through it Mm -hmm. or i'm doing something else as it's as it's going yeah, on. That's when you go get a drink and, in yeah, the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. And he said, just for me, I'm not I'm not bothered by it. You mm-hmm. know, and this is a guy who um, can quote scripture inside and out. He's a guy who I will stay up till four in the morning having strong theological debates with on on different topics. Fun. And um, you know, and so I do not doubt his salvation, you know. And so for me as a brother, it was like, oh, that's cool. You know, to me, I didn't feel the need to press that. You know, if your conscience is not bothered by this, and as a brother you're telling me that, I don't believe the scripture is telling me to go any further than that. Yeah. I don't believe this, that scripture tells me I need to beat someone's head until they agree with my perspective and my point of view on yeah. something. I think they're getting a little crazy on uh, the words of Jesus where he uh, said, as we know, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. Yeah. So if he can watch that, and he's not looking at it to lust for right. anybody. He's not saying, oh, man, I want some of that. Right. You know, he just says, all right, they're, they're doing their sex scene. Okay, right. I'll go get a drink. I'll right. be back. Uh, I'll fast right. forward, whatever. Uh, he's not violating right. what Jesus said we shouldn't violate. Right. So, you know, be quiet. Leave him right. alone. Exactly. And that's, you know, and, and to me, that's the biggest thing is that, you know, and, and I feel like, you know, and, and 
push back, Steve, if you disagree. But even when I talk to my friends who are unbelievers, if they are disagreeing with me on a key point of the gospel, how far am I going to get with them by arguing with them and berating them? <laughs> About all kinds of other dumb stuff. Yeah, yeah. you know, or even, even in the gospel. Like if I'm oh. trying to talk to them about a key point in homosexuality where we know Scripture is clear this is wrong, but they disagree. How far am I going to get by, by arguing with them and, you know, berating them? No, this is what the Bible says. This is wrong. You need to agree with it. You know, it's like, first of all, they're an unbeliever. So arguing with them on key points like that is not going to win them over and convince them. Mm-hmm. Um, but even even a brother in Christ, we are all in different parts of our walk and journey in Christ. And if I have a brother who does not understand this point of Scripture, what good is it going to do to me? What good is it going to do me to try to argue with them and berate them? If they're not at a place yet where they see this and they're receiving that, you yeah. know, and and does that mean that we stop speaking the truth and preaching the truth? No, but can we add in love at in the love. end of that? Hey, man, brother, please. <laughs> this is really germane to a conversation I had this week. Somebody in our church spoke with me. I don't think they listen to this podcast, but if you do, brother, hi. Um, <laughs> they spoke to me about my preaching a little bit. Yeah. And they thought uh, these are my words about it now. What they said was, you're too nice and you need to be more mean. <laughs> You need to work harder to make us feel rotten. I mean, really, this is what he was oh, saying. You, know, you need to come on like gangbusters. You need to lambaste us. You need to uh, make us feel like dirt. Jonathan uh, Edwards, sinners in the hands yeah, of an angry that's God. That's what he right? wanted, you know. And like, it's a, it's a badge of honor in his mind. It's a preacher's badge of honor if you do that. Yeah. If you really make the people grovel and all that. And uh, I just told him, you know, I, I want my preaching to be characterized by the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. It ought to feel like... Ah, oh, there yeah. was love, joy, peace, yeah. patience, gentleness, goodness, kindness. Ah, oh, and yeah. I and I want I want to speak the truth. I don't yeah. want to water anything down. I don't want to pull any punches. Yeah, but I want to do it in love. Yeah. There's this old phrase. I'm sure you've heard it. Many of the hearers have heard it. Um, you catch more flies with honey yeah. than with vinegar, right? Yeah. This guy wants me to pour a lot of vinegar out every time. <laughs> We're not going to catch many flies. We're just going to offend people, turn right. them off. They're going to shut me down. They're not going to listen to me. Yeah. Um, and furthermore. You know, these are Christ's precious sheep for whom he died. Right. They've opened their hearts to him. They love him. Right. I don't need to go out there and beat the sheep. Right. Yeah. There are people who love Jesus. And how would I talk to them in person? Right. Well, that's how I'm going to talk to them, a whole bunch of them in person, right? right? right. It's going to be as gracious as I can make it. I know. And understanding and kind and patient. But some people are just, you know, yeah. angular. Yeah. And want me to be angular, and I'm just not going to be. Yeah. You know, I think about uh, just the internet and the impact and effect that it has in our culture and society and, and how much does it make bullies out of wimps? Oh yeah. Huh? You know, how much Good does point. it just, you know, if, if I'm sitting with someone face to face and I'm having a conversation, I, and, and it's funny because, you know, I, I was talking to my brother and sister-in-law and we were talking about just me censoring myself. And my sister-in-law just kind of looks at me. She's like, do you ever censor yourself? <laughs> really? I said, that was her impression. <laughs> I, just, I, I looked at her and said, well, here's the deal. I, I believe that for people with a certain familiarity, um, I can censor myself. I should censor myself. Uh, you know, friends, family, people who I feel like, you know what, I, I I don't need to censor myself. You know, this is this is who I am. You know, my family can't do anything about it. They're stuck with me <laughs> to a they certain extent. Anyway. Yeah, to a certain extent, many of them have influenced my personality and behavior. Mm. So, you know, this is Their your fault. fault. That's right. <laughs> Blame That's <good>. shifting. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I should use that on my mother. That's, that's right. <laughs> your fault, mom. <laughs> um, you know, and for friends like – the friends who who I typically hang around with are the friends who enjoy that frank, you know, put it to you type of personality mm. and mentality, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's not, you know, because they're the same way. That's that's what I enjoy, you know. It's like this is who I am. You either like me or you don't. But for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of having a conversation with someone who's a new believer even, uh, so someone who's not a believer, someone who's a new believer <clears> – <throat> I do soften myself because I want to make sure that the Bible and that Christ is yeah. brought up above all else. Yeah. And so if I'm talking to someone 
um, you know, who's, who's a new believer or someone who's not a believer, then, then no, I'm not going to press an issue. I, you know, I was telling you about my friend and we'll stay up till four in the morning arguing theology and, you know, important. And I use air quotes here, you know, biblical truths that, you know, neither of us can convince the other one of, you know, I can tell Um, how young you are. You can stay up till four in the morning. (laughs) Well, my, my friend who I, who I do this with, he's, uh, He's in his 50s, so uh, he's not a young chick. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I guess I'm just sleepy. (laughs) Um, But, you know, he he and I will will talk about these things, and we will go at it. I mean, we will get into these heated, passionate debates. I'm not going to do that with the younger Christian, somebody who's just come to Christ within the past few months or the past few years. I'm not going to be as passionate and dogmatic about things with that person as I am with this friend. First of all, the level of familiarity that I might have with this person is very different. So what they're going to take from what I say is going to be and can be very different, Mm. you know, as opposed to someone who I am good friends with and someone who knows me and expects these things from me and, and wants these things in return, wants me to passionately argue my point because as he puts it, you know, iron sharpens iron. And so if, you know, a lot of times he'll he'll play devil's advocate on something, whether he agrees with it or not. But he goes to a church that's not reformed, um, and he is a reformed guy. And so he'll sometimes play the not reformed view because he wants to hear how I would respond to someone. Mm. And I get passionate and involved and in depth <laughs> with him. And he's like, "Yeah, I love the points that you made with that. You know, I, I'm going to remember that." And you, you know, and so, but it's different with a student. It's different with someone who wants to learn and who wants to grow. Um, And it's also different with someone who doesn't know Christ. Because first of all, I have to remember, they don't have the Holy Spirit in their life to guide and direct them into biblical truths. And so if if I'm having a discussion with someone on homosexuality, why is it wrong? Outside of the Bible, and I can use all of the scientific facts that I want. And it's not going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. True. Outside of the Holy Spirit convicting yes. that person that, you know what, this is God's plan for marriage. This is how God designed marriage. One man, one woman. Um, these are these are the spiritual and, you know, even going into physical benefits of those things um, within marriage. That person is going to be bound by, you know, what they believe their heart is saying and and their heart is evil. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like all of our hearts are evil mm-hmm. outside of Christ and even in Christ, sometimes our hearts are yep. evil, right? Yeah. Blinded, dead in trespasses and yeah. sins. Yeah. You know, and so what good does it do me to berate them on, yeah. on scripture? And instead of just saying, you know, you know, you know where I stand, mm-hmm. you know what my convictions are, you know, um, I'd love yeah. to discuss, you know, That's and I've told enough. that to people before. It's like, hey, you know what? I, I don't think we're going to make headway on this. I, you know, I think I think you and I are going to get to a place where it's going to be more arguing for the sake of arguing than anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, so how about we just, you know, kind of, you know, push this to the side? You know, this is on topic. I, I'm fascinated by the way the Apostle Paul addresses the people of Athens, the Athenian philosophers in particular, in Acts chapter 7. If you're familiar with it, he, uh, some people hear him talking and they say, hey, we want to hear more about this. They drag him up to Mars Hill where everybody yeah. would hang out to hear something new. And uh, but It starts off by saying, Acts 17, 16, while Paul was waiting in Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. So here's Paul, oh man, a bunch of idolaters, yeah. and his spirit's provoked. So then they give him an opportunity to speak. And I can imagine some guys who are, you know, on the web and how they would speak. Yeah. And they would start off like, you're all going to hell. You're a bunch of sinners. You and your idols. You yeah. know, it makes God sick and so on. It's interesting. Paul starts off and says, men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty gentle, isn't it? All right, yeah. just get, like giving them a compliment. You guys are really religious. Yeah. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. So what therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. And then he goes on and says, the God who made the world doesn't live in temples and blah, mm-hmm. blah, and so on. He's just really nice to these guys. Yeah. yeah. And he could have laid into them, you know, with uh, thunder and lightning, yeah. Sinai. Yeah. So I want to be more like Paul. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I find interesting is when you look at Christ and his encounter with people, 
who are the people that he's getting frustrated with and yeah. he's getting mad at? Yeah. It's the religious leaders who should know better who are keeping people from God. Who all already determined they're going to kill him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The people who are who are the broken sinners, you know, the woman at the well, you know, the um the the Roman officer who comes to him, you know, all these people who come to him who are who are what I would just consider the people. You mm-hmm. know, these are just these are just people who are broken in Ordinary their sins. People. Um, he always deals with them with such tenderness and compassion. He really does. And even with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, what does it say when they come to him with questions? He he knows when they are coming to him with an honest question, and when they're coming with a with trying to entrap him in something. Yeah. But but guys in my church who are angular sons of thunder, and, and we have <laughs> just a couple of I can think of two of them right now. I'd say you are an angular son of thunder, um, which is fine. It takes all kinds to make up church. Right? Sure. But, but they want me to preach to the people of our church as Jesus spoke to the Pharisees when the Pharisees had already determined, we're going to kill you. Yeah. I'm not speaking the Pharisees who are trying to kill Jesus. Right. It's not my crowd. I'm right. talking to believers who love Jesus. So yeah. very different thing. Why yeah. can't the angular guys get that? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you just you go on and you read how Paul talks about even even going and we're going to we're going to talk about this in um, in a few weeks here. But church discipline. You know, people can get so upset and, you know, annoyed about the way church discipline is, you know, handled and let out and, you know, dispensed. And, you know, at the end of the day, the purpose of church discipline is to restore someone to the body of Christ. Yeah. Huh. And Bring so, them back. yeah, you know, when we even read about church discipline, you know, discipline is to be handled um, honestly. It's to be handled, um, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about all this stuff. I, I think you you are to take a stand on things. You know, I hesitate to use the word uh, firm in some cases because the word firm might mean something different to someone as opposed to someone else. But you are to take a stand. You know, this is this is where our church lands on this. We are not moving any further. Um, but it's to be handled with kindness and compassion. It's to be handled understanding that we are all broken sinners. Paul says to the Thessalonians, he's urging that a little shunning be done for guys who uh, are walking disorderly and not according to the traditions that they had delivered to the people. And he says, yet treat him as a brother. Yeah. 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 As a brother. So there's an implication there. If somebody's my brother, they get a treatment. Yep. It's going to be love. It's going to be gracious. It's going to be understanding. It's going to be patient. Yeah. Yeah. Please, people, people of Cornerstone Church, treat me that way. <laughs> and, and they do, man. We yeah. got a bunch of sweet people. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Well, and the, and the fact is, you know, we, we need to be treating everyone that way. You know, we need to we need to look at people in different areas and different, you know, categories of life and walks of life. We need to say, okay, to the unbeliever, you know. Um, for the sake of all things, I become all things so that the gospel might be preached, you know, that, mm-hmm. that my primary goal, you know, if that means that I can witness to someone by going into a bar and drinking a beer, I'm going to go into a bar and drink a beer. Now, if you struggle with that, don't, you know, don't let your conscience, you know, follow your conscience. But Martin Luther um, would go in that bar and drink the that's beer. That's right. Him. He would drink three or four of yes. them. <laughs> <laughs> Good stout ones. That's right. <laughs> You know, but but for the new Christians, you know, in gentleness and love, we teach them and correct them and guide them. And, you know, with with the brothers that we are more familiar with and that are more seasoned. Yeah, I think I think we can give a little pushback. We can give a little bit more challenge because we know that, you know, in that we're not going to we're not necessarily going to be having as much of an influence on things. And so, you know, those those issues of conscience, I think at that point can be pressed a little more. Um, but still not to the point where we are, oh, you're not a believer if you do this, you know, you're, I can't believe you would do that if you were a Christian, you know, can, you know, just knock all that off. There is one thing that constitutes salvation and that is trust and faith in Jesus Christ. Mm. And from there, you know, he's given us a whole multitude of freedoms. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad that you said, you know, what are the overarching themes of this podcast is freedom in Christ. Yeah. 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 Which reminds me, by the way, new couple at our church, great people. She's already in the band playing violin on some Sundays and doing some vocals. He's already running the soundboard some. He's got a lot of skill in that. Nice. Uh, On day one, they just decided, okay, this is it. And they started digging their way into things. Yeah. So she comes from a background of several churches where there was horrible abuse. 
pastoral abuse. I don't mean like physical things going right. on, but I mean just the way the pastors dealt with the people and treated the people, yeah. how they tried to micromanage things in her life that they have no business yeah. speaking into and so on. So she really got beat up badly. She still has anxiety attacks as a result of it and mm-hmm. so on. Uh, one of the things on day one she wanted to know is, are you guys legalistic? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, But just recently I thought I, we were talking, the two of them and me, and I said, you know, there's a podcast you might, guys might like, and it's called Fun, <laughs> Fundy Land Sees, Land Red. Sees Red. So I put yes. them onto that. So she went home and listened to it, and then she sent me a text, and it said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and there were a whole pile, like 40 smiley faces. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it touched her where she was itching. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Marcy and what's the Sarah. other one? Sarah. Marcy yes. Sarah, Good job, yeah. girls. Yeah, and we're going to um, have Marcy on again, actually. Um, so Steve, we'll get you in on that one. I'd love uh, that. When we have Marcy on. Yeah, that'd so. be fun. Yeah. Man. You know, it's funny. You and I were talking before um, before we went on online, and um, we were planning on doing one podcast. This is a little behind-the-scenes stuff for people. We were planning on doing uh, a podcast on creeds and confessions, which we're going to do, but that one's going to get released uh, next week. Um, so this is the 4th of July, and you came in, and I said, Hey, Steve, are you, know, are you really busy today? How would you think about doing two of them? And you were like, well, I'm not really prepared to do two. What's, you know, what's going to be the topic? And I was like, well, you know, it's 4th of July. Let's just do a little something about the 4th of July. And I was like, oh, all right, we'll, we'll see how it goes. 30 minutes into it, we haven't even touched got the 4th, 4th of July. July. <laughs> we mentioned it at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, this is, um, you know, this is one of the reasons why I love doing the podcast is because it's, it's a conversation. You it's just a little sit serendipitous, down and, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. You just sit down and you're having a conversation with a friend talking about issues that you're passionate about. Mm. And um, we are going to talk a little bit about the fourth. Um, you know, this will probably be a little bit of a shorter one. We'll see. We'll see how this next section on the, the actual Fourth of July stuff goes. But I uh, just wanted to talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, uh, traditions, talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, the, the excitement of the fourth, maybe, you know, maybe trying to peer into the minds of people. Why is this, you know, such um, even more than some of the other summer things that go on, you know, kind of the pinnacle of summer parties going on mm. over the fourth. Um, maybe even talking about um, and we did do a podcast on this. I believe it was last year or the year before. Man, isn't that crazy that, you know, I can say like the year before this yeah. with this podcast. Um you know, uh, talking about uh, churches doing patriotic things. You know, many churches mm. uh, on Sunday would have done some sort of patriotic service. Maybe we can touch on that a little bit, that not go in depth, but uh-huh. you know, just kind of touch on that. So, um, Steve, talk to me about you know growing up and and things that you did with your family around the fourth. Um, was this a big vacation time for you, or was this just something where it was like, hey, the day's planned. We're you know going to hang out, have you know cookout, and then go see a fireworks. Talk to me a little bit about fourth growing up for you. And I have an atypical background. In terms of the 4th of July, and, and I'm going to overstate this to make it more interesting and fun, but my dad's British. Ah. Uh, and as you all know, the 4th of July is uh, celebrating our signing of the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. We are no longer under England's government or authority. We are our own independent people now. So, you know, we beat them in a war. We cast <laughs> off their, their uh, tyranny, and we became our own nation. So that's what we're celebrating. My dad... And his entire family left England and moved to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, right after World War II. His sister had married a GI from Gettysburg, and uh, their town was kind of decimated. It had been bombed a lot. The economy was pretty bad over there. It was great. It was booming over here post-World War II America. So the whole family got on the Queen Mary, went into New York City, came down to Gettysburg, and settled. But they're all very British, right? Yeah. So (laughs) I'm raised in a British home. And... uh, my dad became a citizen. He loves the United States. He'll fly a flag, right. et cetera. He's a very loyal citizen of the U.S. But we didn't do a big July 4th thing. <laughs> I think we'd go see fireworks because that was fun sometimes. Right. But that's about it, man. Yeah. Other than that, <laughs> it's a bad day. Right. <laughs> we lost, man. We Brits lost you guys. We lost your land. We lost your money. Yeah. So... I'm overstating this. Really. Right, right, right. Um, but we didn't, we honestly didn't make July 4 a big thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why it wasn't a, 
an event in his background. Wasn't sure. something he was ever raised with. Sure. And he was kind of the leader of the home, and it just didn't go that way. Sure. Now, what about with your um, children and any traditions that you came up with with your, you know, your immediate family as you started to have children and all that? No, we're pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing we do was, uh, you know, it would be a day to get together with family, sure. have a lot of food, have a good time, and then often see a parade. Sure. Uh, and definitely go see some fireworks. Yeah. I'd like to see the Bel Air fireworks tonight, but man, the crowds and trying to park somewhere and get near it, it's kind of rough. Yeah, yeah. We um, we did the Bel Air fireworks, I think it was about um, six or seven years ago, maybe a little longer than that. And what we ended up doing was we ended up going into downtown Bel Air into the parking garage. And we parked um, probably about two or three blocks away from the garage and then we walked up to the top walked of the parking to the top? garage. Was that pretty and good? It was, yeah. yeah. Actually it was a it was a great place um to see it because, you know, there was no there was no bad view of it. I mean, you know, nice. it's at, at that point it was completely clear, no trees. You could look right over in the distance and see the field where they were setting them off. So yeah, it was mm. it was really neat. Yep. Neat experience. Now for for Debbie and me nowadays, well this is the fourth of July. Uh I'm doing two podcasts back to back. Then I'm gonna go to the gym. Yeah. Then I'm gonna work <laughs> on next week's sermon some more and sure. Debbie's working till 7.30 so uh, not, a, not a big celebratory day for us today sure uh, but we do have our American flag flying out front oh nice I fly that thing a lot I yeah. love you know I'm, I'm a, a citizen who loves his country yeah love the United States with all its imperfections it's still a great great place so we fly fly a flag yeah. nice big one that's fun nice that's great yeah we um, you know I remember growing up uh, we would do, you know, something similar it was, you know, you'd have the barbecue or, you know, mm-hmm. friends coming over, different things like that. And you were always going out in the evening to find some sort of fireworks display that were going on. Yeah. Um, you know, so that was, you know, that was definitely a part of it. Um, and then, you know, as I've gotten older, um, <clears throat> Joy and I typically are um, in different areas. Now, for three years, I was actually working on the 4th of July when I was working at the liquor store. So, you know, mm. I'd just be in working and that was a, that was a typical work day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people would be coming in and out, picking up last minute things, um, you know, and then I would, I would get out and typically what I would do is I would go and work out. I would do, you know, <laughs> what you're going to be doing here. In a, a man after my bit. own heart. So, you know, I would just, I would go into the gym. The gym was just right down the street from where I work. So I'd work out and then, um, typically I'd walk home. Um, hmm. so, you know, it was just low key day. Um, you know, joy usually found some kind of party to go to with friends. Um, and then she'd bring me a plate of food that I enjoy. In oh, the that's evening. nice. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, usually, you know, pretty low key day, but what do you think it is that like amps up the party factor on the fourth? You know, I mean, it's a celebration. It's a celebration, um, of, you know, independence, but you know, it really like you think about, you know, something like Memorial Day, you think about something like Labor Day. I don't tend to see the amount of mm. partying and celebrating going on, you know, in those days as I do the 4th of July. Do you do you see the same thing? Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, maybe it's just um maybe it's just that uh 4th of July began as a great celebration yeah. and and that has stuck. I I think most of us have two slight of a feeling about the 4th of July. All we've known is this independence. All we've known is this great country. We weren't in the wars. We right. weren't. We didn't feel English oppression. So all that maybe doesn't mean as much to us as it should. It's a little bit on the slight side. Yeah. Uh, but I think we we just love a great day for a party, man. Yeah. yeah. Cooking out, lots of food and stuff. We, Debbie and I were invited to a party. It's a guy who was a student of mine at Redeemer Classical Christian School. Oh, I taught okay. senior yeah. apologetics one year. He was in my class. Uh, I see him at my gym four or five days a week. We always talk. We enjoy each other. Um, and he invited me to his 21st birthday party, which was on – what was that? Uh, I forget what day it was now. A couple nights ago. Sure. Anyway, they were going to do fireworks. Yeah. Oh, man, did they have a party. And <laughs> oh, man, did they do fireworks. It was it would rival the Bel Air fireworks, oh, man. Wow. It was unbelievable how much money they spent and all yeah. oh, these tubes that are going to send stuff up into the air. Yeah. So we already had fun once. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, again, you know, not to, not to, you know, really beat a dead horse, but you know, Sunday, you know, churches, I saw a lot of uh, churches posting uh, people from churches posting, you know, their, 
kind of patriotic services and things like that. Um, and again, if you, you know, if you want to hear more in depth, our discussion, you can go back, uh, you know, a year or two ago and listen to that. But, you know, thoughts on that, Steve? Yeah, I have definite thoughts on that. Bad idea. I am intensely patriotic. And even though I'm almost 63, I would go to war for my country tomorrow. I'd die for my country. I'd send my sons along with me off into war. Mm -hmm. I'm loyal, man. But um, bad idea, in my opinion. Uh, My parents used to be part of a very fundamentalist church up in Westminster. And on July 4 weekend on that Sunday, they would have this like procession, people marching with flags and all this stuff. And, of course, they always had, I think, an American flag and maybe a state flag or maybe it was an American flag and a church flag up on the the platform there. Uh, I just think uh, even having flags on the platform is a bad idea. Mm. Uh, Why? It's just too easy to to confuse what's going on in America politically now, who's leading America Mm. politically at any given time, and the kingdom of God. Yeah. And they are very different, man. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, I, I think, you know, the, the simple acknowledgement, you know, if you, if you're going to do anything, you know, simple acknowledgement, Hey, there's a lot of things going on, you know, we just want to let people know that, you know, the gospel is the most important thing you can be doing no matter where you live, because there are countries where you don't have the freedom to, Mm -hmm. you know, openly profess Christ. And yet those countries, uh, seem to be thriving <laughs> spiritually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than you know more than America, and you know I think that's one of the confusions that we've had mm. is you know this idea of America and politics and which side are you on, and if you're not on the right side, you must not be a Christian. Maybe you're not and, really a Christian. Yeah, doing that again. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and so to me, it's just the the problem is is you know we've there are many times where Paul. In the in scripture warns churches against doing things, um, and as you go back and you kind of study some things, you find out that oh, this this certain region was known for this particular thing, and it distracted from the gospel. Mm. And you know, Paul says, you know, I forbid you to do this, I forbid you to do that, and you look at it, and it's like, oh yeah, you know, the church in Ephesus, you know, they they were having, you know, why is it that no other place in Scripture does Paul speak to women not speaking in church? Hmm. It's the only place where he, he strictly mm-hmm. forbids it. You go back and you look at Ephesus. Ephesus was a Hellenistic. Um, section in in that nation and the Helen the Hellenists combined sexual immorality with their worship practices mm. they also encouraged women to be seductive and to mm. use their words to entice men and you know and so you know we you know we can debate that another time but you know there there are specific reasons why Paul gives instruction to women I forbid you to speak you know, mm-hmm. and you see that, oh, well, in this culture, in this time here, uh, women were using their words. Women were using themselves in order to combine and twist God's word, essentially. Um, you know, and, and how much more so in America today <laughs> have we used politics in order mm-hmm. to combine and twist and distort the word of God? And to imagine that this nation is like equivalent to the kingdom of God, and we right. are the righteous people on the earth and yeah. so on and so forth. Well, all right. In some ways, our nation is maybe more righteous than some other nations sure. where there's complete anarchy and sure. chaos going on. But, uh, man, big mistake to confuse America yeah. with the church, to confuse America with the kingdom of God, to yeah. confuse America's doctrines with the gospel or yeah. biblical doctrines. Just never the twain meet, almost. And uh, I, I'm, I'm a big advocate of what Jesus said, um, my kingdom is not of this world. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a I'm a citizen primarily of heaven and right. that kingdom. My first allegiance and all my all my love and my passion goes yeah. there. Uh, second, under that, but still very strong, I'm a citizen of America. I don't want to confuse the two. Right, right. Well, and I think it's important not to because you know let's let's jump back to you know World War II. You know where you have you have Germany who is putting out all these laws. And allowing all of these things that scripture expressly forbids. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're a diehard citizen of the state, 
Um, hmm. you know, then, then you're going to, you know, as many of the soldiers say, say I was just following orders. Mm-hmm. I was just doing my job. I was just following orders, hmm. you know? And so to be able to distinguish and to be able to acknowledge and accept that, you know, the Bible gives us freedom to, uh, to disobey our country. If our country is violating God's word, you know, I think that's an important distinction to make that we are, you know, like you said, first and foremost, citizens of heaven. Mm -hmm. And so if the state comes in and and I have many conservative friends, I have many liberal friends too, but I have many conservative friends who just throwing out the question, you know, if the, if the, if tomorrow the government were to completely outlaw and ban guns, what would you do? Well, they'd have to pry them out of my cold (laughs) dead hands. You know, it's like, Uh um, you know, and these are, these are people who are Christians or professing to be Christians. (laughs) It's like, Really? Where do you see that in scripture? <laughs> yeah. How does that feel with Romans 13? Yeah, you know, and those are the things that it's like where where as conservative Christians the the mark has been missed, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like uh, Christ never, you know, guarantees our right to own, keep and bear arms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. As a gun guy, I hate to admit it, but you're right. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> you know, and and we look at you know the you know we have um, huge genocide going all, all on all over our nation in the form of abortion, um, euthanasia. The you know um, the killing of elderly people is creeping in more and more into society. We know that life is precious to God, and so we do not compromise on that. You know, and so when you know what happens if one day the state comes in and tells you know tells you as a church you know just pastor leaders that, you know, you have to start acknowledging and accepting these things, mm-hmm. you know, well, that's the time where we disagree with the state. No, mm-hmm. this is what scripture says. And we are going to stand firm on what the Bible says. And to me, that's why it's so important going back to our earlier discussions, why we hold to what scripture says and just leave each other alone on the things that it's gray on or doesn't speak on or at doesn't all. doesn't speak on. Um, because yeah, shot it from the mountaintops. That's right. Because the things I, I believe that we've come to the point as as Christians in general, American Christians, where we fight and yell and scream so much that the things that are truly important get lost. Hmm. And mm-hmm. and I think it's important that we allow the things that are important to be heard again. Mm. You know, and and the important things are that Jesus Christ is Lord, that we are great sinners and he is an even greater savior because you know, it again, we we don't we constantly fight against us wanting to do things. I need to take action. I need to do this. I need to correct the wrongs that are going on in this world. And I've just, I've come so much over the years to appreciate the work that the Holy Spirit will do in a person's life. Mm. You know, I, I don't need to stand up and, yes, homosexuality is wrong. I don't need to beat someone over the head with the Bible in order to, to show them that. I know it's wrong. I don't need to make that my lead point in every conversation. Exactly. In every gospel exchange. Right. I don't have to win them to that. I need to win them to Christ. Then exactly. they'll come to that. Exactly. You know, and and even somebody people who claim to be Christians who support homosexuality saying, you know what, if they are truly saved, then the Holy spirit will bring them to that point. They'll figure it out. And it's not, it's not a matter of, you know, I think we, we, we put a time limit on things, you know, it's like, Oh, you're saved. Now all your, your doctrine has to fall in line. <laughs> be correct by tomorrow morning. That's at 10. Right. You know, otherwise of, you're suspect. Yeah. Instead of saying, you know what, Okay, so let's say I lead someone who's been a practicing homosexual for years to Christ. That is so ingrained in them. Could the Holy Spirit come in and change them in a heartbeat? Absolutely, I have no doubt. But could the Holy Spirit slowly be working in them in the course of months, even years, in order to bring them to you know, a conviction um, that is biblically aligned with that? Yeah, I think that's possible because... You know, as that person's growing and maturing, they're still going to be interacting with other homosexuals, hopefully able to lead them to uh, hopefully able to lead them to Christ, you know, where if they come to that knowledge, maybe they they've all of a sudden, you know, they've been so involved in that that now their their innocence is gone. And they're like, oh, man, you know what? I really need to stay out of that because, you know, of my personal history and background. 
You know, it's almost like it's almost like a drunk coming to Christ, you know, realizing and then all of a sudden they realize, oh, this is actually really bad for me. I shouldn't be around this because of where I've been. But while they've been around it and in it, they've been effective in preaching the gospel. But then the Holy Spirit, you know, turns something on in them and they're like, oh, no, I'm I'm going to stay away from that now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and so just just letting the Holy Spirit do his work, you know, encouraging people, praying for them, you know showing them in scripture, you know, what things say, you know, I, I don't think that we, you know, just block those things out of scripture. We, you know, we're encouraging them and discipling them, but I don't think that those things need to be our key points and we need to knock it out of them in order to be saved. They're already saved and the Holy spirit is working on it. It might take time. Hey man, I, I'm not from a Christian home, not from a Christian background. Um, I was 17. A friend of mine invited me to a Bible study. I went and heard the gospel for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. Very quickly believed it and embraced Christ. And now there was a lot of change that had to occur in my life. There was a, a one-year transition period mm-hmm. where I was working that out and sometimes getting dragged back into bad stuff and breaking commandments and then even figuring out which were, which were commandments and which aren't and you know what am I allowed to do and what am I not allowed to do and what's right and what's wrong just took a while. Yeah. Um, so there was really a very definite one-year transition point. Then I left home and went to Washington Bible College, and all became very clear. You had to be a fundamentalist. <laughs> <laughs> and That's had to get right. rid of all your devil records. You had to right. sell your drums. You had to – so um, – Yeah. And I followed suit. Yeah. Well <laughs> – it's interesting, um, Steve. We just heard the uh, these go to eleven um, ending go off, uh, which means we are uh, coming up on an hour here of uh, podcasting. Which you and I were thinking, man, you know, if we get twenty, we get minutes, 20 minutes out yeah, of this, it's good. That's huh? good. So um, I think this will be a good place to uh, to wrap up. I think you know this was excellent topic conversation, excellent one for you and I coming in first time. Yeah, doing huh, it together. This is a great day. So, yeah. In the post-Greg Dutcher era here. That's right. The dawning of it. That's right. So we'll look forward to, um, you know, we're going to actually release this one today on July 4th. So, you know, people can hear our brief 10-minute conversation on the 4th of July. (laughs) Um, And uh, we look forward to uh, doing the one on creeds for uh, next week. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned. All right. We're going to go ahead and sign off now. Steve, we just rocked the Casbah. Rocked it. These go to 11.